0: All right. Is anybody glad to be in church today? I love it. I love it. Hey, let's pray. And then we're going to dive right in. But before I pray, um, if you are a guest of ours today, in other words, if you've only been here once or twice, or maybe it's your first time, uh, we're really glad that you are here. My name is Mitch. I have the joy. of being one of the pastors here at Redeemer. But would you do me a favor? Would you grab in your worship guide that you were handed on the way in a connect card and fill it out? We would love to know that you were here and be connected to you in that way. We won't spam you a whole lot just once in a while. And uh, we would love to keep you in the loop of all that's going on here at Redeemer. And there is a lot. Amen. A lot happening in God's church. I love singing those songs talking about set your church on fire, build your kingdom here. And uh, he's doing that in subtle ways and big ways through Redeemer City Church. And yet we live in the tension, don't we? One of the things that is difficult as a pastor is to celebrate those incredible things that God's doing. Recognizing that as I make eye contact with some of you, that you're going through some things. And, you know, we sing songs that... God is still in the business of rolling stones away. And I can't help but imagine in your life and in mine that there's still some stones that need to be rolled away. Amen. And so I just want to invite you in this moment before we read God's word and we dive into what he has for us today um, to just take a moment to surrender those things. I need that moment today. There's things in our life that we need the Lord to show up. We need the Holy Spirit to be present and to do some things that we can't do. And uh, I would imagine that your life is the same. And uh, unless I'm that weird, which I might be, I'm fully aware. (laughs) But uh, let's pray together. And why don't you join me in your heart and mine uh, as well and talk to him. God, thanks again for the chance to be gathered as your people. Those songs that we sing, we sing them because you, Lord, are worthy of our praise. Our confession each and every week that we walk into this place with every believer who has ever put their faith in you is that you are God and we are not. And we have over the last few years been in a continual exercise of recognizing that we are not in control. There is so much that's outside of our control, and yet there's joy in the house of the Lord today. And so I just pray for every single person that's in this room, that's watching online, that will hear this later, just anyone within the sound of my voice, that, Holy Spirit, you would be present. That as we studied a few weeks ago, that, Father, you would send the Spirit of your Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. And that you would be that everlasting father that you are in your word. And so we confess our need for you, and we ask you to work in our lives all things together for good because we love you. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. We're going to. A- series on the book of Galatians. And today I want to do this a little bit differently. I want to invite you to stand and I'm going to read um, the first 16 verses of Galatians chapter 5. So if you'll stand with me just in honor of the reading of God's word and just be reminded today that that is exactly what it is, that we don't actually think that this book is just a couple of good stories or even just a history book. But we believe that it's the living and active word of God. And so uh, I want to invite you to follow along as I read this, because these are things that can actually change your life. So here's what Galatians chapter five, the first 16 verses say. For freedom, Christ has set us free. you have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything but only faith working itself through love. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Amen? It's the word of the Lord. You can be seated. I want to put a quote up on the screen. Saint Augustine, who lived many moons ago, wrote some incredible things, and uh, he'd be worth your Google search and your time reading. Some of them are quite large. City of God is like a full year's worth of reading. But he laid the foundation for a lot of the the things that we understand to be critical doctrines. And he once wrote these words, and they'll be on the screen for you. Long live the righteous man. Uh, He wrote it about Galatians chapter 5. I should preface that. Long live the righteous man of faith, so that invigorated by the gentle charge of Christ, he will lay down the heavy burden of slavery. And submitted to the soft yoke of love will not go beyond the limits of justice. How do we fix our world? You watch what's happened in our own country over the last five years, you watch what's happened in our own country over the last 200 years. You look across the world and Ukraine is in the spotlight and we have churches that we love and support, friends in Ukraine. You got an update about that this week. But we could go around the world, couldn't we? Because though Ukraine is in the spotlight, it's every week this is happening in the Middle East. It's happening in Asia. It's happening All around the world and the own injustices of our own country, whether they be racial injustice, whether they be unborn babies, whether they be whatever it is, we could go around the world every day for the entirety of humanity and recognize the injustice that has always been present, and we talked about this earlier in our Galatian series, so I don't want to recap all of it, but I simply want to remind all of us today of the injustice and the brokenness of the world that we find ourselves in, and just ask the question, how do we fix our world Within war and injustice of all kinds, and the short answer is, and this won't surprise you if you've been at Redeemer for any length of time, the answer is we can't. We cannot fix the world. There is profound brokenness that we simply cannot fix. Scripture is not hiding that fact from us either. God isn't hiding that fact. We can trace all through the Bible, Old Testament and New, of the profound brokenness and sinfulness of our world because there aren't any outlandish and weird propositions from Scripture about who we are. (laughs) In fact, it says this in Romans 3.10 and 3.23. I don't know what order they have them on the screens, but I want you to listen to these words. Everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's no one righteous, not even how many? They're not even one. We go to stories when prophets of old would come to God and say, if I can just find, if I can find 50 righteous people in Sodom, would would you just save it? Sure. Comes back to God. If I can find (laughs) 10, would you save it? Sure. If I can find one, would you save it? Sure. they're not there, and if you and I were honest with ourselves, it's not it's not here either, is it? I don't know about you, but every week I'm profoundly disappointed in myself over certain responses, certain sinful patterns in my own life, and I joke with you all the time, and I'm I'm a professional Christian, like. <laughs> You all pay me to study the Bible all week long and pray. There's Bible verses that say that, that the, the the ones who teach the Word need time to read and pray. <laughs> and yet there's profound brokenness, even in my own life. But beyond the short answer, the long answer is there too, right? The soft Yoke of love that St. Augustine is referring to. Because though the scriptures are honest about humanity, they are not without hope. They are not without hope. They are not without answers because the kingdom of God coming to earth as it is in heaven is real. It's very real. Joining God in the renewal of all things is the invigorating thing you're looking for, because what we often do is step just a little bit outside of that and we start to do our own thing. And then everything gets muddy, right? Because when you invert the order of your love, when the soft yoke of love becomes the hard work of my love, We get off kilter. We get out of alignment. And it has been this way from times of old. One of my favorites is in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19. It says this, behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth, not thousands of years when Jesus comes for the first time or the second time, which we haven't gotten to yet, not way out there in the future. What's he say? He says, now, and this is thousands of years ago, now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? What is the admission there that in our brokenness, we tend to not perceive it, right? What are we doing? <laughs> well, listen to this. Some of you need this today. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. That's beautiful, not because the desert's beautiful or because living in the dark place or the dark night of the soul is wonderful. It's not. But knowing that God is there with you and that he is, in fact, making a way through that is consequential in your life. Doing that on your own or doing that with the Lord makes a difference, does it not? A huge difference. It's beautiful because we felt that. Every single one of us in this room has felt that place, that dark time. And maybe you're in it now. Following Jesus is like this. The call here to stand firm in Jesus and the freedom he has given us is real. And I do think that as we study through a book like Galatians, that there's this tendency to just see it as this ancient thing. And like we know that God's here and he's living. But I wonder at times as Christians and some of us for a long time, if this actually makes the difference that we need it to. Because if we're honest, we continue to try to ride the fence. And the reason is pretty obvious, and Paul points it out here. He points it out here because every single one of us, all of us, have a tendency to drift out of alignment one way or the other, right? This will be on the screen too. It's either rebellion or it's religion, right? Like every one of us has a tendency to slide either one way or the other. Let's have an honesty quiz. Where are the rebellious people at? Come on. I'm surprised you even raised your hand. You're so rebellious. You're like, hey, I'm not raising it because he said I should. (laughs) I see you. I have kids. I know what that's like. Not doing it. Not doing it. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. (laughs) Where are my religious people at? Rule followers. Come on, you're going to feel guilty later if you don't raise your hand right now. (laughs) Some of you are like, fine. Yeah, like every one of us drifts one way or the other now we could unpack a lot of things in this passage and and my goal today is not to do that i would encourage you to get a good study bible and to dig into god's word what i want to do is talk about the corporate community of god like what is the interesting detail here about this particular passage that's talking about these massive, massive theological truths, and some of them we've unpacked in the previous chapters. Isn't it interesting that this portion of Scripture is put into the context of your community? Did you catch that? All of these things are about the people of God. Right? And Jesus goes so far as to say, The entire law is filled in one word. And then he said like seven words, right? (laughs) But what's the one word? You know it. Love. He's, remember last week, he's so perplexed that this is a problem because if you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, it really is flabbergasting to think about all the reasons we walk away from it, isn't it? The freedom that is ours every day and yet we do that drift (laughs) one way or the other for a lot of us almost daily. I know I do. And so Paul is just helping us recognize that where we spend our time shapes us. And if we're honest, when we look at Life, the way our lives are, is we do spend a lot of time in the world. And you should. Right? You should. However, there's a reason that even from the beginning in Acts, right, it says that they daily spent time together. You have to have people in your life every day who are going to help disciple you and sharpen and shape you. In the ways of God, in bringing his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Because someone else came along to these people, right? What does he say? Like, who cut in on you? Like, and whoever it was, like, I don't know if I need to unpack what emasculate yourself is, but he's like, you guys are talking about circumcision, just go a little farther can you say that in the Bible? Yeah. Because it's that big of a deal for us to slowly drift away from the promises and freedom that God's given us. Paul's like, it's, it's that big of a deal that I wish those people would like make you do something even worse. So you'd wake up And be like, whoa, whoa, circumcision, that was one thing, but (laughs) not doing the rest of that, right? It's that big of a deal. Something that seemed like good news, because if we're honest, let's be honest with you. Sometimes it's easier to just follow the rules, isn't it? Like, at least I know what those Ten Commandments are, and I'm just going to do them, and it doesn't matter what's in my heart, right? Like... Just tell me what to give and who to serve and how many times to go. And Jesus won't do that, right? In Matthew chapter 5, he says, you've heard it said that you should not commit murder. But I'm saying to you, you should never even hate somebody in your heart. Eh, Which ones of us are not guilty of that? We're all murderers now. And so he, he just, he takes it because what is critical is that you don't think you can actually pull it off super important and the biggest deal of all of it is that to choose the things of this world think about this to choose the things of this world rebellion or religion is to be what severed from christ right and theologians debate about that verse a lot and whether or not you can lose your salvation or whatever i don't think that's the point here The point is that we are voluntarily walking away from Jesus at all times of our secular life. But aren't you glad that his mercies are new every morning? Great is whose faithfulness? His faithfulness. And so even though we're holding that mirror up in front of ourselves, it's not because you are doomed and hopeless. But it's simply a reminder again today, a refreshing again today that it is his mercies that are new every morning. So if you have not been walking with him for the last six months and you like rolled in here because you felt guilty, welcome. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) So important because the key then is verse 16, right? It says, walk by the spirit. And you won't fulfill the lusts of your flesh. No matter if the lust of your flesh is to pull control and be religious back into your lap, or whether it's to be rebellious and just go sow your wild oats. And we've been saying for weeks, the Bible's honest about that too. There is pleasure in sin for a season. It'll feel fine. It might even feel fun for a while. It might feel like freedom for a while, but it's not. It's actually slavery because... Freedom in scripture is not getting to do whatever you want to do. That's not actually freedom, is it? Freedom is doing what you were made to do. That's to be in relationship with the one who made you. Because Ephesians tells us that we're his workmanship, created in Jesus for good work. And you won't ever be happy in this life without that. You'll find some things that make you happy, but it will never satisfy the deepest longings of your heart. It will never be an anchor for your soul. So important. So what is that? What's the actual problem there? Like, what's the problem that we're trying to solve? Is that this, and I want you to write this down if you're taking notes, it'll be on the screen. The problem is, you can be set free and not live free, right? If you have surrendered your life to Christ and the Holy Spirit has been sent into your heart crying, Abba, Father, which we studied a few weeks ago. That is forever fixed and settled in heaven forever. That vertical relationship between you and God will never change. You're in. But how many of you know that You can have the vertical settled and fixed forever in heaven, but yet the horizontal, my life with other people, has drastic differences in the choices that I make on a daily basis. It is entirely possible for you to be set free and not actually live free. Where when you show up in heaven, God will still say that he's happy to see you. (laughs) Because it's about the finished work of Jesus on the cross. The center of our Christian faith is not what you can do, it's what he did, right? We believe that. But your decisions matter in how you experience freedom here and now. The Greek word for walk is peripeteo. And it indicates continuous action, it indicates progress, and it it insinuates a habitual lifestyle. So here we are back to what I always tell you about. Your habits and practices shape your experience with Jesus. Because it's who we we are. We are human beings. We are physical beings. We have to have things in our life that bring us back into alignment at all times. Because there's no shortcuts to following Jesus, there is, however, flourishing in Jesus. Super important. Because as a follower of Jesus, what does it mean to walk by the Spirit? What is that continual progression? What does that habitual lifestyle look, look like? As a follower of Jesus, it's simple obedience. Simple obedience to the Spirit's control through His prompting as you read His Word and spend time with His people. It's that simple and yet that difficult because is that is anything more difficult than reading this consistently every day of your life and praying? I mean, it's so easy, right? It's so simple. I shouldn't say easy. (laughs) It's simple though, right? I mean, it's as simple as I mean, I, I don't even have to type anything. Look at this. It unlocks by itself. And I've got a Bible app, and I open that, and right on the home page, I've touched my phone one time, and there's the verse of the day. And somebody will even talk to me about it. It's that simple, and yet why? Why do we struggle so much without the habit and the discipline? We don't enjoy the freedoms and the fruit of our relationship with Jesus. And I am not preaching at you today. I'm preaching to us. So important. What, what, what is that? It's the submission. Think about this. It's the submission of our mind, our will, and our emotions to King Jesus. And they all three have to be Surrendered. Because it's really easy to surrender like my emotions. (laughs) Lord, help me. But not surrender my will. Or not surrender my mind. Or maybe one or the other. It's so simple and yet it's so difficult because it's so easy to make that drift, isn't it? Toward whatever our pet is. Religion or rebellion. And we're constantly slipping off the road. Have you ever driven a car that's out of alignment? A car that's in alignment, you can let go of the wheel and at least for a little while it's going to go straight until the road turns or something like that. If a car is a little bit out of alignment, you take your hands off the wheel and it starts to pull. Not a big deal at first, right? It's not a big deal until it is a big deal, <laughs> right? And you're like, boom! I, dri- I used to drive a two-door white uh, Jeep Wrangler YJ, a 95 Wrangler. That will mean nothing to most of you, but it does to me. And, you know, I, I had this these moments, and I still have them sometimes, where I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to work on this car. I'm going to do some stuff. And uh, my wife and my father-in-law are rolling their eyes right now because they're like, yeah, we know. And so we, I had this white Jeep, and... I decided I was going to put a suspension lift kit on it. And if you don't know what that means, it just means it's going to go higher and get bigger tires. Okay, and so but there's things that you can't see that matter if you're going to do the things that you can't that you can see. Right. Like if you want the look of the higher and the bigger, there's other things that have to happen on the inside of the car. Right. For for that to be possible. And so we did all that. We changed the suspension, all the things right there in my garage, because that's manly. That's what I do. Until you don't know what you're doing, right? <laughs> like there's a reason there's a shop for you to take your car to. So what I didn't bother to figure out is that when I lifted everything in an older car like that, the, uh, the steering rod is, uh, was like rusted shut and it's supposed to extend in and out. And so I'm driving down the highway at 60 Maybe 70. You'll never know. All right. Faster than that Jeep should have with a steering rod that was never extended to match the suspension that it was in. So it was in constant tension until I hit a bump. And you know what happened to that? It didn't loosen and come out. It pulled off the steering rod. So all of a sudden I was like, like no steering. And you know what happened? went straight into a concrete wall, right? And I was terrified. And she could confirm that, but you're not going to because it's embarrassing. (laughs) I'm like, I'm going to (laughs) die. Why? Because one little mistake started to walk that car away from what it was made to do, right? Life is like that, isn't it? We just start to do things our way a little bit at a time and sometimes it's a huge decision. We, we just, we do what we want to do and it's obvious that God is no longer there in that decision. But other times, maybe most of the time, we just get busy, we just start doing our thing, we start doing what we want and we, we drift, we drift and you wake up 6 months, 8 months, 1 year, 2 years and you've got different habits than you ever intended to have. And life's more about you than it is about him. And life can be like that and a crash is inevitable. A crash is inevitable. Surrendering to your flesh becomes inevitable because it's a habit now. Minor alignment Leads to greater danger. So, my question for you today how's your walk with the Spirit? How's your walk with the Spirit? And if you feel guilty, please stop. Jesus went to the cross to nail your guilt and shame to it. This is not a question of guilt, it's a question of invitation to come back into alignment with the Spirit of God. How's your simple obedience to the Spirit's control through His prompting as you read His Word and He grows fruit in your life again? Submission of the mind, will, and emotions to the Lordship of Jesus. What does that look like in real life? Well, He told us, right? Look look again, verse 14, 15, and 16. Let's go back to that for the whole law is fulfilled in one word you shall love the lord love the love your neighbor as yourself but if you bite and devour one another watch out that you're not consumed by one another but i say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh what does that look like in real life it looks like gathering with the people of god surrendering to the people of God, surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus in your life on a daily basis? Because what did Jesus say? Pick up your cross. How often? Daily and follow me. You don't just arrive one day at great follower of Jesus, right? I mean, one of my favorite stories in the whole Bible is when Peter is like answering Jesus' questions, right? And, you know, Jesus says, who, who am I? And you know, Peter gives the right answer. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. You're the Messiah. And even Jesus is like, heaven revealed that to you. And like six verses later, <laughs> get behind me, Satan. You're like, whoa. <laughs> what, what just happened here? Human happened, right? We can have such glorious moments and we have such horrible moments within minutes of each other just that confession I think there are two diagnostic questions you can ask yourself today that really reveal us if you will the first one is how's my selfishness doing and <laughs> if you're married it's real obvious real fast how that's going how's my selfishness doing because at the, at the root of a lot of sin is just simply me doing what I feel like doing. How's my selfishness? And then the second one is how are my relationships doing? Because what reveals the whole law is fulfilled in one word. Love your neighbor as yourself. How's my selfishness and how's my relationship? How are the people closest to me dealing with me? How are the people I work with dealing with me? How are the people? And you can just go on and out. And then we can even ask the question, how about strangers? How about the guy who cuts you off in traffic? How about the referees at my son's hockey game who never get the right call? What are you, blind? (laughs) Not that I have anything to work on. But it goes back to what Augustine said, right? What St. Augustine said. It's the long answer. It's the soft yoke of love and it starts with Jesus. It starts with surrendering, confessing Him as Lord. And then trusting that, trusting in Him that He's a better Lord than you are. Though the scriptures are honest about our brokenness, they are not without hope. And so if you're sitting here today or if you're watching online and you are experiencing the brokenness of life, I'm experiencing the brokenness of life. There's hope. We are not without hope. The kingdom of God coming to earth as it is in heaven is real. And joining Him in that renewal of all things is the life you are looking for. But we often will walk away from this life because we never fully surrendered to it. We've never fully done the habits and practices that make God's people. We've just held on to ours. And I want to invite you to ask yourself, Those diagnostic questions and to see if you might be openly with the Holy Spirit today. Out of alignment. Out of alignment because minor alignment issues will lead to greater struggles in your future. And man, we could we could take that a thousand ways. We could talk about it in the way you spend your time, how you do your relationships, How you order your day. How you spend your money. All of those things reveal who we are. Because they've become our habits and practices. And we have to look at all of those. I have to. On a daily basis as we daily pick up our cross and follow him. So I want to do this. I'm going to have the band come back up. We're going to sing. But maybe you need to sing. And maybe you don't need to sing. Maybe you need to spend time praying today. To, as we sang, we sang those words earlier, right? To the God who always makes a way. And I just want to ask, do you believe that today? Do you believe that God always makes a way? Why don't you stand with me? I'm going to pray for you. And then while the band sings and you sing or you pray, I would just encourage you to take that diagnostic test in your heart. and Just begin to commune with the Holy Spirit because He's been sent into your heart crying, Abba, Father. Amen. So let me pray for you. God, thanks for your word. Thank you for the fact that it is living and active able to pierce even the farthest and darkest places of our heart and to expose us where we've gone out of alignment with you. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would give us the courage, the trust to surrender those places back to your control and That we would be willing to bring other of your children, your people, into those places. Take the mask off and bear each other's burdens. And in this way, fulfill the law of Christ. We love you. And most of all, we're thankful for Jesus today. And it's in him that we confess our trust. It's in Him that we confess that You are Lord Jesus and we're not. And so we sing these words together, church. We pray and we sing. Let's do it now.